Shalom to all. Today's office is Shalom Dafhe, and we are starting about halfway through the Amud with a brand new parak. And the Mishnah says, Mitzar from Shalom Darkainis, we're going to combine the Shalom to be Darkainis, because of the burden of the way. Shalom are half shekel coins. Now imagine if this person who's the Shliach for an entire city, he's schlepping all their half shekel coins. That's a giant burden. So he can change them for Darkainis, which is a coin worth four times the amount of half a shekel, and that's going to make it easier for him to carry all these coins. And the Mishnah continues with another Allah, Shem Shah Yushef Mikdash, the same way that they had shifers in the base of Mikdash, Kacha Yushefers Bimedino, so too they had shifers throughout all of Eretz Yisrael. Now, when someone brought his half shekel to the base of Mikdash, he deposited it in a shifer. It wasn't literally a shifer, it was shaped somewhat like a shifer. It was narrow on top, wide on the bottom, so that people couldn't put their hand into it and steal money that was inside. So, too, when someone is throughout Eretz Yisrael and he wants to deposit his half shekel in the deposit box that they had over there, it was shaped just like the shifer in the base of Mikdash. Another halacha, B'nai Ha'ir, people of a city, they sent their shkalim with a messenger to take to Yerushalayim, the Nignivu, and it was stolen from the Shlech, Aisha Avdu, or they were lost. If the Trumas Halishka was taken off already, meaning they had already done the withdrawal for the Karbanis, then Nishban the Gizbarin, and the Shlech has to swear to the Gizbar, to the temple treasurer, to the person who's in charge of all the money in the Besamekdash. Then Mlav, if not, Nishban Libneir, then he would have to swear to the people of the city that sent him, Ubneir Shaikhan Tachtem, and the people of the city have to give new shkalim in the place of the old ones that were lost or stolen. Now we're going to see in the Gemara that the reason why he would need to swear to the Gizbar is because when the Trumas Halishka is taken, it's done with the intent al hagavoi ve'al ha'asid ligvais for that which was collected and on its way to the base of Mikdash, and even for what wasn't collected yet. Which means that these shkalim are already under the jurisdiction of the Temple Treasury, so the Shliach has to swear to the Gizbar. However, if the Trumas Halishka wasn't taken off yet, so then he just swears to the people of the city because it's still their responsibility. Continues the Mishnah: Nimtu hagnavim. If these shkalim were found or the ganavim returned them, elu ve'elu shkalim, both of them, the original shkalim and the new ones that were given are considered shkalim and they cannot be used for the shkalim of the next year. They're going to be used in the base of Mikdash for something else. They are not allowed to be used for next year. Now the Gemara asks why don't we just turn them into pearls? We had just said in the Mishnah that in order to ease the burden of the shliach, he's allowed to take these half shekel coins and convert them to something that's more valuable so it's easier for him to schlep. So why don't we just convert them into pearls which are far more valuable than these dark kindness? The Gemara answers, perhaps the value of pearls is going to go down. It's going to turn out that hektish is going to lose out of money. Coins never go down in value. They're only going to go up in value. However, pearls might go down in value, and then Hektish is going to lose out. Kahid, Tani, and Taman, like we learned in a Mishnah over there, the Kulan, and all these things, meaning something that needs to be redeemed, Niftin Bekasef, it could be redeemed with money, or Bishavakasef, or even with something that it has a value of money. It's not money itself, it's some sort of object. Chutz Mishkalim, except for Shkalim, they are not allowed to be redeemed onto some sort of object. It has to be redeemed onto money itself. The Amr of Shulbar of Yitzchak, why is this? Shem Kalim. Perhaps these Kalim, these vessels, the object that it was redeemed on is going to become devalued. It's going to decrease in value. Venimsa Hektish Mafsid, it's going to turn out that Hektish lose out of money. Of Hachanami, so too over here. Shemitazla Hamargalias, perhaps the pearls are going to go down in value. Venimsa Hektish Mafsid, and then it's going to turn out that Hektish lost out on money. And the Gemara explains the next part of the Mishnah that said the same way that a half a shekel was deposited into a shifer in the base of Mikdash, so too was deposited into this shifer in the Medina throughout Eretz Yisrael. Masnisa Batiklan Chatin. Our Mishnah is talking about the new Shkalim. Aval Batiklan Atikin. When we're discussing old Shkalim, Loi then it's not deposited into a shifer. Batani Kane, we have a brass like this. Atikin in Mikdash, Vain Atikin in Medina. We have old Shkalim that are deposited in the base of Mikdash, but not in the Medina, not throughout Eretz Yisrael. Which means any Machza Shekel that makes its way to the base of Mikdash before the last withdrawal, which is 
15 days before Sukkot, is placed in a box called Tiklin Chadetin, New Shkalim, and the Chumas Halishka is taken from there. However, if someone's machsa shekel came so late that he missed this date, then it's put into a different box labeled Tiklin Atikin, Old Shkalim, and that's used for other things, but not for Karbanus Sibor. Now, these boxes of Tiklin Atikin are only in the Beis HaMikdash and not in the Medina. And now we go on to the next part of the Mishnah, which had told us that if the Shliach had lost the money or if it was stolen, then he swears either to the townspeople or to the Gizbar. Says the Gemara Masnisin B'Shem Rechinam. This is only talking about B'Shem Rechinam. He's not getting paid for being a Shliach. Avol B'Shem Rechinam. If he's getting paid for his Shlichos, he's not including this Halacha because we know that B'Shem Rechinam is not putter if it's stolen or lost. So even if it's stolen or lost, he would still have to compensate the people or the Gizbar for this money that's lost. But Amrab Abba, he says, We could even say this is discussing B'Shem Rechinam when it says that it was stolen, it means he was attacked by armed robbers, and that's considered like an oinus, and he would be putter for that also, even as a shemer sacher. Avdu, and if he was lost, it's talking about someone whose ship drowned at sea. That's also considered like an oinus, and even if he's a shemer sacher, he would be putter for that. And now we continue with something that we had already mentioned in the Mishnah. Our Mishnah is according to the Manda Amar, that when the Chumas Halishka was taken, it was with the intent for the Shkalim that were on their way already, and for the ones that hadn't even been sent yet. Therefore, the shliach would have to swear to the gizbar and not to the people because these shkalm that were on their way were already under the jurisdiction of the gizbar. They were already considered hektish. Baram, however, Kamandamar, according to the Mandamar, ain't harm in loyal agave veloyas at ligvas. That when the Chumas Halishka was taken off, it wasn't with intent for the shkalm that were on their way or for the ones that weren't even given yet. So then, Laibida, our Mishnah's halacha is not included in that, meaning the shliach would always swear to the people and not to the gizbar because even though these shkalm were on their way to the base Hamekdash, they're not under the jurisdiction of the gizbar and the base Hamekdash, and therefore the shliach would always have to swear to the people of the city and not to the gizbar. And our Mishnah had said, B'nai Rosh claim the people had sent their shkalm with a messenger and they were lost. Are stolen, so the messenger has to make a shvua, either it's to the townspeople or to the gizbar. But now we have a fundamental issue over here because there's a Mishnah Mesechah Shvuas that says that a shvua is never made when it comes to hektish, and these shkalim are hektish. So how could the shliach swear? The Gemara answers, Amr Abelazar, Jab Shemin here. Our Mishnah is according to Jab Shemin. Jab Shemin Amr, he says, If a person has responsibility for hektish, it's considered like his own personal nechasim, it's his own personal property, and therefore he would have to make a shvua for it because he has responsibility for it. Rabbi Yechnon, he gives a different answer. Really, our mission is according to everyone, not only according to Rabbi Shimon. And the reason why you would have to make a shvua is Mishim Shvua's Takana. It's because there's a special Takana. This is a shvua, not the Araisa, but a shvua Drabanan. The reason why the Chum said that he would have to make this shvua is that people should make sure not to treat hectic stuff lightly and that he should make sure not to be negligent because he knows that whatever the situation is, he's going to have to make a shvua. This is not the Araisa, it's Drabanan. And that's why he has to make this shvua. And now the Gemara asks, our entire mission makes sense. He would have to make a shvur to the gizbarim. If he's not going to make a shvur to the gizbar, that's because the Chumas Halishka wasn't taken off yet, so it's still under the jurisdiction of the townspeople. So he swears to the townspeople. The people of the city would have to give new shkalim in their place. And the reason why he's making a shvur either to the gizbar or to the people of the city is Mishum Shvur's Takana is because just the Takana, again, to make sure that he's not going to be negligent with Hektish. But according to Reb Lazar, the fact that he have to swear to the people of the city. That's according to Reb Shimon. Again, Reb Shimon said, even if something is hektish, if he has a responsibility for it, so then he's able to make a shvua. So even though these shkalim are hektish, since the people of the city still have a responsibility for these shkalim, so he would have to make a shvua to them. But Nishbarim Gizbarim, in the stage of the Mishnah, that he would have to swear to the Gizbar, Gizbarim Ayavetayu, what did the Gizbarim have to do with these shkalim? In that stage, it's already considered full-fledged hektish, and even according to Reb Shimon, he shouldn't have to make a shvua. So only half of this 
Mishnah makes sense according to Reb Shimon, not the entire Mishnah. How would Rebbe Lazar answer that? So the Gemara answers, it's not that he's swearing to the Gizbarim. Nishbayim libnei ha'ir b'maimet Gizbarim. He's swearing to the people of the city with the Gizbarim over there listening to the Shavuah. Here the Shalich isn't swearing to prevent himself from having to pay for the lost Shkalim. As we said, they're already considered belong to Hektish, and Hektish has to bear that loss. He's swearing to the people of the city in order that they should pay his wages that they agreed upon because he's a Shimer Sachar. And now the Gemara just explains why is it that the Gizbarim have to be there if he's really swearing to the people of the city to get his wages. The Gemara answers, Ki so they shouldn't suspect the messenger of having stolen the money. Or Inami, alternatively, we could say, so the Gizbarim shouldn't say that these messengers were negligent, they were Paishim, so therefore the Gizbarim have to be there. But he's not really swearing to the Gizbar, he's swearing to the people of the city, and the Gizbarim are there listening to the Shvuah. And in regards to Rabbi Yechonin's explanation, that the reason why the Shliach has to make a Shvuah is because we want to ensure that he's not negligent. This is a Takanadar Abundant that he would have to make the Shvuah. That's even. If the people accept upon themselves that they're going to reimburse Hektish and they're just going to give new Shkalim even though they don't have to, the Shliach still has to make a Shvuah. Why is that? Because Ein Hektish Hektish is never released. It never gets to go free without a Shvuah. Even though Hektish is not going to be losing out any money, we want to ensure that the Shliach is not going to end up being negligent and we want to make sure that he does his best. So therefore, he's always going to have to make a Shvuah no matter what. And now we have a case not mentioned in the Mishnah. The Gemara says, What about if this person separated his shekel and it got lost? He separated his machsa shekel with intent of bringing it to the base of Mikdash. He put it in his secret drawer and then it got lost somehow. Rabbi Yechonomer, he says, This person is chayv. He is responsible for giving another half shekel until he gives it over to the Gizbar. Once it's given to the Gizbar, it's not under his jurisdiction anymore. But before that, he would have to give another half a shekel. He says, Hektish is considered in Hashem's Rishos, it's Rishos Gavaya wherever it's located. And therefore, even though he hasn't given it over to the Gizbar yet, since he had already made it Hektish and he said that this is my Machzah Shekel, once it's lost, it's not his responsibility anymore. And the Gemara says, Armish is not like Rish Lakish. The Tani Armish just said, He would have to swear to the people of the city, and the people of the city have to give Nushkalim. So we see from the fact that the people of the city have to give Nushkalim, it must be that it's not in Hektish's Rishos and it's still in the Rishos of the people of the city, and that's why they have to give Nushkalim. Clearly not like Rish Lakish. The Gemara answers, No. Isn't this also because of the Takana of Rabbi Yechanan? Again, they might not have Chiv to Iraisa to give Nushkalim, but because of this Takana, they would have to give Nushkalim, albeit Midrabanan. And now the Gemara discusses the end of the mission that said that the old Shkalim were found or the Ganavim returned them. So what do we do? We have two sets of Shkalim over here. The Gemara brings a Brisa, Tani, Harishainim, the first ones, Neiflim and Teklan Chadatin, they get put into the Teklan Chadatin boxes. Vashnim, and the second ones, Neiflim and Teklan Atikin, they get put into the Teklan Atikin boxes. Eluhein Harishainim, Veiluhein Ashnim. What's considered the first ones? What's considered the second ones? So Rabinchas Bey Rabchia, Rabinchas the son of Rabchia, and Rabbi Abamari, they argue about this. Chadam, or one of them says, the first ones that were sent by this people of the city that were then lost and then subsequently found or they were stolen and then they were returned, that gets put into Tiklan Chadatin. Those are considered the original ones, so those are put into the Tiklan Chadatin. Bacharna Amar and the other one says, Elushi Gilu De Gizbar It's the ones that got to the Gizbar first, meaning the second set of Shkalim that got to the Gizbar first, so they get put into the Tiklan Chadatin boxes and the original ones that were found only at a later date, they get put into the Tiklan Atikin boxes. Now, before we continue in the Mishnah, we have to have a little bit of a background in Me'ila. Me'ila is misappropriated 
misappropriating hektish for one's personal use. One isn't chayv a carbon me'ilah, or to pay hektish back, unless there is a shinoi, a change in this hektish. This can be accomplished either by using the hektish for chulin purposes, or changing its status from one level of hektish to another, such as from Kedushas Daman to Kedushas Agof. But if no shinoi happened, even if this person received a benefit of sorts, he wouldn't be chayv for me'ilah. And we're going to see this in the Mishnah and the Gemara. The Mishnah tells us, A person gives his shekel to his friend, to give it on his behalf, but he gave it for himself instead. Meaning, Reuven gave Shimon a half shekel to give for him, and Shimon decided that instead of giving it for Reuven, he's just going to give it for himself, for Shimon. So, if before Shimon gave this shekel, the Trumas Haleshka was already taken off, Ma'al, so Shimon is Ivor Me'ila. Why is that? So, we already learned that when the Trumas Haleshka is taken, it is Al Hagavoy ve Al Ha'asid Ligvois, that when it's taken off, it's done with intent even for the shkalm that are on the way to the Beis HaMikdash. And therefore, since by the time Shimon deposited the shekel in the Beis HaMikdash, the Truma Seleshka was already taken, that means that this shekel was already hektish, and by Shimon using it for himself, he in essence took it out of its hektish status and was therefore over Me'ila. The mission continues with another case, HaShekel Shekla Mena Hektish, a person gave his shekel from Hektish, meaning he opened up his drawer, he took out money, and gave that as his machsas shekel, and he didn't realize that that money was actually already hektish money, it was already designated for the Beis HaMikdash. So in this case, Venisarma Truma, the Truma Salishka is taken off, the Karma Behema, and the animal is brought, Ma'al, that person is Ivor Me'ila. Now, why do we mention in this stage that the animal was brought as a carbon? Because in this case, he simply diverted hektish funds designated for one thing to be used for another thing. So even though he received Hana, because now he doesn't have to give his Machtas shekel, no Shinui took place in this hektish. It was and remains hektish. Therefore, he's only Chayev once this money was used to purchase a carbon and the carbon was brought. When that happens, it becomes elevated to Kedusha Zaguf, so there's a Shinoi, and that's when he's going to be Chayev. And now we have a third case, with if the money that he used for his Machzah Shekel was actually Maeser Shani money, or Shemitah money, Yechel Kenegdon, he has to eat in proportion to how much money he gave, and we're going to explain that in the Gemara. And now before we start this Gemara, it's important to note that this Gemara in particular has many different Machlekes and Girsa. What exactly the Girsa is, we have two different Girsas from the Yushalmi and from the Bavli, and there's a big mix-up over here. Almost every single Pirish that explains this Gemara has a different Girsa on it. We're going to be using the Girsa of the Tiklan Chadatin, which is inside the parentheses. The Gemara says HaShaykel. Our Mishnah had said that if someone gave a shekel, not for Ruvain like he was supposed to, but he gave it for himself, Shimon, so then he's going to be Chayv. Anantanin in our Mishnah said Imnes or Matruma. He's going to be Chayv if he had given it after the Trum Selishka was already taken off. Betani Debei Rebbe, and we have a Brasa from Rebbe, Im Karvah Behema, that he's only Chayv once an animal is actually brought with this money that he gave. So there seems to be a stira. So the Gemara answers no problem. Mantan Who's the one that taught that he's chayev for giving it already once the Trum Selishka was taken off? Rabbi Shimon, he hits Rabbi Shimon. Rabbi Shimon, he holds. Immediately he receives his money. Now what's going on over here? Vendors of all sorts were contracted to provide the Besamekdash with all the necessary items used on a daily basis. Flour, wine, animals, and the like. Now there's a machlaikas of when the vendor actually halachically acquires the money for the goods that he provided the Besamekdash. The Tanakhama holds that they only halachically acquire the money after this item was actually used successfully in the Beis HaMikdash. This is because the wine might spoil or the flour might become wormy, and if it already belongs to the Beis HaMikdash, then that's going to be a loss for hektish. Therefore, if something goes wrong before the item is used, the loss is absorbed by the vendor and not hektish because the vendor wasn't kind of the money, so the item is still his. But Reb Shimon argues and maintains that since the Kaihanimers reason, they will ensure that nothing happens to these goods, and therefore the vendors are kind of the money immediately. So our mission is Reb Shimon. The moment the Trumas Halishka is done, 
gone. The money goes to the suppliers. That's when the shinoi happens at that point. And that's why when Shimon decides to use the shekel for himself and not for Ruvain, so that's when he's Ivor Me'ila and not when the carbon is actually used. But now the Gemara continues asking, how is it that Shimon's actually going to be Ivor Me'ila? The Kasha, we have a question. Let's say a person stole his friend's carbon oila and shechted it stam. He didn't tell them to shecht it for himself. He just brought them a carbon and said, here's a carbon oila. Since it's being shechted stam without any particular intent, isn't it automatically being done for the original owners and that original owner actually will receive a kapara? So over here, Shimon's giving the machzah shekel. Since he didn't say who it was for, wouldn't it automatically be considered for Ruvain, the one that sent him with this shekel? So how is it that Shimon is Ivor Me'ila? He's really just giving the shekel for Ruvain. So Amrab Yudan, he answers, we can answer where this shekel is identifiable, it's recognizable. What does that mean, it's recognizable? For example, similar to the case of Michel Beis Rama Gamliel, the people of Rama Gamliel's house, they had kavana to throw their shekel, and the gizbar would push it into the kupa. What happened? The people of Beis Rama Gamliel, they wouldn't just take their shekel and put it into any random box and have it brought to the Beis HaMikdash. They would go to the Beis HaMikdash when the gizbar was actually doing the trim salishka, when he was taking out these shkalim, they would throw it in right then, and then the gizbar would see them throw their shekel in, so he would push it into the box, meaning he would take it along with the money that he was about to take and use it to buy all the karbanos. So that's a case where the shekel is recognizable. So to here, Shemin, the shliach, he took the shekel and he threw it in just as the gizbar was doing the chumas haleshka. So this shekel was recognizable that it was for Shemin and not for Ruvain. That's why Shemin would be Ivor Me'ila. But the Gemara continues asking, why don't we consider saying that this money that was given by Shemin is going to actually end up being shirayim, it's going to end up being leftovers. Remember, not all of the money was taken out of the kupa. It wasn't taken out of the box. The chumas haleshka was taken out. Some of the money was taken, but not all of it. And whatever money was left over, we're assuming is not going to be Ivor Me'ila. And therefore, there's always going to be some money left over that wasn't taken as part of the Trumas Halishka. That might be Shimon's money. And continues asking the Gemara, V'chiyesh Me'ila B'Shirayim, is a person going to be Ivor Me'ila if his money ends up being the Shirayim? Elikir Rav Meir. Maybe that means that we hold like Rav Meir. Do Rav Meir, Rav Meir says, Ma'ilin B'Shirayim, they were Ivor Me'ila with Shirayim also. And we know that we don't necessarily paskin like Rav Meir. So the Gemara answer is, We've already established that this was a case that was Mesuyim, was identifiable, it was recognizable that this was his shekel. It was just like the household of Ram Gamliel, that they would toss it in, and then the Trum's Halishka would be taken along with this shekel specifically. Therefore, Shimon did the same exact thing. He threw it in just as the Gizbar was doing it, and the Gizbar made sure to take his shekel so it's not going to end up being Shirayim. And now we ask a question on the second case of the Mishnah, where he had taken hectish money and used that for his machsas shekel, and we said that he's Ivor Me'ila, but we know that you have to receive some sort of benefit to be Ivor Me'ila. Ask the Gemara, Manene, what benefit did he receive by using this hectic shekel as his machzas shekel? The Gemara answers, Am Rebbe Avin, B'Shem Rabbanon, the Taman, Rebbe Avin said in the name of the Rabbanon over there, which means the Rabbanon of Bavel, Mekimin Shebezdin Ru'uyin Lamashkin Velay Mishkinu, since the Bezdin was able to take a mashkin in order to force him to give his machzas shekel, and they didn't do so because he already gave his machzas shekel from hectic shekel, K'may Shenene, it's as if he derived benefit, it's as if he got benefit from Hektish, and that's why he's Ivor Me'ila. Our Mishnah had said Maeser Shani, if he ended up using Maeser Shani money for his Machzah Shekel, that is not valid, and he has to deconsecrate that money, so to speak. He has to take the Kedusha off of it and put it onto other money in order for it to be used as the Machzah Shekel. Now, how do we know he can't use Maeser Shani money as Machzah Shekel? The Chesivit says in the Pasuk, However, a firstborn that's going to become a first for Hashem among the livestock, a man is not allowed to be Machzah what do we learn from here? 
If something's already Kaddish, you can't have a new Kedusha on it. Maeser Sheni money is already Kaddish, so therefore we can't have a new type of Kedusha placed on this money as the Machzah Shekel. First we have to remove the Maeser Sheni Kedusha, and then we can put a new Kedusha Machzah Shekel on it. So our Mishnah said, how do we do that? Yoichel Kenegdai. He has to eat food of a value corresponding to this Machzah Shekel. Ketad Waisa, how does he do that? Asks the Gemara. Maybe sell a and He takes a sell of Chul and Vayim, and he says, the money of Maeser Sheni, wherever they are, they should be deconsecrated. Their Kedusha should go from them onto this Sela. And then this Sela now becomes Kaddish with the Kedusha of Maeser Sheni. And the rest of it, meaning the money that he originally gave for his Machzah Shekel, that becomes a Machzah Shekel because now that's not Maeser Sheni anymore. And that Maeser Sheni money is now in his hands and he can do with it as he needs to do. We're going to stop here for the day. Pick up tomorrow with a brand new Mishnah. Everyone should have a wonderful day.